0: Before we begin we have a favor to ask. If you like this podcast please help us spread the word about the show. Go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Another way is to tell a fellow art teacher. Either way it helps others find the show. The Blocks Paper Scissors podcast has a lot of information regarding teaching art. Not just for tab teachers but for anyone who is looking to further their understanding of children in a choice-based classroom. This show is about finding new ways to engage children and help them find their voice through visual arts.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to. Blocks, Paper, Scissors podcast. My name is Clark Fraley,
2: And I'm Clyde Goh.
1: This is the conversation Clyde and I had with several tap teachers from around the country. I hope you enjoy it.
2: We are, Clark and I are very happy that you're all, here are able to join us and I promise to be respectful of your time. The last time we got together we talked about assessment. We had a rambling conversation with about 22, 23 art teachers, intrepid art teachers, who uh, we had a discussion about assessment, engagement, um, individual acts of creativity. Um, Clark, what else did we talk about? I'm trying to remember what else. Yeah. Uh let's
1: see we didn't get too far
2: down the questions assessment was an assessment was a yeah, really that was the big, big topic. One.
1: um and i think just we we really talked about and we covered teaching um on a cart, teaching in times of covid uh we hit that a bit. we also oh, I'm and sorry we, go ahead no, I was just saying we hit that a bit, uh, and we just kind of went with the flow of.
2: Tracking students' progress, tracking students' activities was yeah. also an interesting uh, topic. I know I had mentioned Diane Jake Jaquith uh, coming up with that instrument, but then I came to find out that uh, Diane borrowed it from uh, Kathy and uh, Kathy's student teacher who uh, Kathy, Bonnie? What, yeah, Bonnie, Bonnie Gels.
3: Yeah, she's actually the only one. I never did it, but we talked about it and we made one up while she was student teaching. But I never used that technique, but uh, she used it as soon as she got down to elementary. Yeah, her and first I, job was teaching high school. And does she, she still
1: very,
3: use it? Yeah, she was pretty unhappy doing it because she really wanted to be elementary. So as soon as she got to elementary, she really started to fly.
2: You know, we, you know, tracking children in the studio, you know, I know that's a bureaucratic necessity for some folks, and, you know, that's, Uh, back with the whole accountability package and um, uh, making certain teachers are doing what they're supposed to be doing and children, like, as if we're not to be trusted. But, um, But I'm always concerned that, so what? If a child needs time for conceptualization, I'm happy to provide them with time in the studio if they need, time not to do anything. I think that's as critically important as doing something uh, because uh, the work might be conceptual. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm certain it is conceptual and providing a child with their own thought to be with their own being uh, is, uh, is an important part of school, I think, and, and the idea that children should be hurried into activities is problematic in my mind. Kathy, go ahead.
3: Uh, well, I was just saying, and I didn't, I because my time with my students was so short and they were only with me for three years and they didn't have art after they left the three years. So I tended to be sort of, let's get on with it. But Leanne corrected me many years later talking about incubation. That incubation was definitely an artistic behavior, and I wished I could have gone back and uh, encouraged that
2: more. That I is uh, in a hurry. I remember. I remember uh, the conversation and the uh, topic of uh, incubation uh, with Nan, and that was a very important point about. Uh, the act of creativity is that um, if you don't provide for the incubation period, um, that um, the, the the first parts of the national standards cannot, uh, you know, that they're they're not going to, to happen. You have to provide that space so that um, idea generation can take place, and, and every child's different so there's there's that to consider also yeah but you can't Um, test it
1: so you know it's one of those things like the the little demons that creep up in our as teachers yeah but it seems like everyone wants to assess something and you really can't really i mean you can see when they're incubating but you really can't get into their mind that much so I think it's still uncomfortable for people to accept that as, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, it's a natural part of creativity um, is is being bored and getting down to a, a level of um, trying to figure out what to do or incubate. You know, it's, it's that... It's it's just that that time in the process that everyone needs. I think it's longer for other people, but um, you know. And we we see or hear a lot of teachers. Like, well, what do I do when they're not doing anything? You know, doing nothing is not an option. It's like, um, how do we know they're not doing something?
2: Uh, Ruth Ruth is with us right now, and I want to welcome um ruth to the conversation i ruth are you still with us
3: she just left maybe
0: she fell off
2: um lindsay Mm. lindsay go ahead you had your hand raised
0: hi i think you can hear me okay
2: absolutely
0: Oh, oh ruth just came back too hi ruth um, so I, I just wanted to ask because I, I do agree with what you're all saying. Um, you know incubation being important and allowing students to search for new ideas and play and take time. Um, but my my question becomes like when does proof of learning come into play? When that is the case?
2: Yeah, that's that's a really good question because you have some kids who are really good at gaming. Once they, once they realize that oh, and I, art class is different from math class and uh, language arts class, uh, I get to be in control. And um,
0: I think that's a great thing for art class. And that's an awesome thing for the students. And that's why they love it so much. But it, it does bring up that question for me.
2: Yeah. When is, when is, uh, you know, when does. When, when, when you.
1: When you say proof of learning what what are you exactly uh, thinking about when when you're when you're saying proof of learning
0: like finding a way to document something or uh to like turn in an actual project and the way that i have students turn in projects it, it could pretty much be anything as long as they're you know meeting certain requirements but sometimes there are students that just struggle with, with finishing a thing or finding a thing.
2: I know when, if we're face to face in the classroom, that's, you know, you can observe them and you can offer art traps. You can offer, uh, you can do all kinds of different interventions on children who are reluctant or who are, you know, they're, they're in a studio setting and it's a, Busy room. Typically, children are natural at uh, desiring to be creative, and um, I celebrate the ones who are involved in uh, creative activity. But yeah, what do you do with the ones who they are not? They're not interested in doing anything. And you know, what's uh, how do you go about determining when to intervene and when to? Uh, When to to lay off? So uh, you know that's the art of pedagogical practice coming into play there. Uh, I I I would say having conversation is critical and important, and and uh, uh, you know having talking uh, with the child. And in fact, if that's all that you get with it from the child is conversation, that's a good thing because. uh, uh, that might be the only thing the child can do is talk.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And so I, I would rec- I would record conversations with them, and um, uh, with respect to uh, you know being uh, creative in a tab classroom is much different than being uh, 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 being told to do something on command and in a typical classroom. And so what I think in a tab classroom, you're, you're really uh, cultivating is agency. And so, um, you know, how, you know, that when I, when I watched Kathy Douglas's video or movie of, you know, the children at work in her classroom. And, you know, you see all, you know, all the kids are firing on all cylinders. And, you know, that's our that's our ultimate goal is to have everybody doing creative artwork but sometimes and depending on the children that we see i don't think it's possible kathy go ahead kathy go ahead you're free to
3: okay um i have to to, you know disclose that i had only first second and third graders so very easy to propel them. And a lot of what they were using because they were so young were things that were new to them, like a brayer. Oh my God, that was so cool. And you know, these, a stapler, you mean you're going to let us use the So was, I had it easy. I know that with the upper grades, it's much more difficult. Um, but I also had a conversation with Nan, again with Nan, who like, Pickles my brain all the time in a good way. Um, But she was at the middle school level, you know, the the dread middle school. And we were talking about that. And it occurred to me that when you look at the theater, not everybody's an actor. Now say, this is just me running off at the mouth. I never applied this in my teaching, but so you've got your actors And then you've got your playwright and then you've got your choreographer and the playwright and the choreographer might get to take a bow, but they're not on the stage. And then you've got the orchestra and then you've got the advertising and then you've got the the lighting and you've got uh, the scenery. I was a scenery painter in college because I certainly couldn't act. And so I just wondered, particularly at the middle school level, what are some of the other jobs in the studio that do not involve uh, making art, but support art. Like, could you have a couple of students who were in charge of display and they would make spectacular bulletin board displays and be in charge of the hallway, what was going on. And somebody else who might be in charge of inventory, um, you know. So I was just mulling about that. Obviously I didn't do it, but yeah, tech support. I just saw that, that, that would be, so if, if you had a real, but it's hard to do when you're remote, but if you're back in there in school and you've got those really resistant older kids, to me, yeah. you might find some geniuses in other methods.
2: Ruth, go ahead
3: okay
4: uh can you hear me okay yep, yep. okay um yeah so i teach in middle school it's a little bit different for me because i have the students pre-k so by the time they hit middle school you know we're very very comfortable with each other um but it is a little bit different and I, the the thing that i the thing that i worry about because i am like i tell them i don't care about grades and i generally let them give themselves their own grades um, and it's not important to me. Um, and I talk to them about the educational reasons why it's not important so they know that like, I mean it. But what I don't wanna do is I don't wanna reinforce anyone's narrative that they can't try something hard. And so I, I, a lot of that middle school self-doubt happens and then it becomes like this like high, high cost of risk because of their identity and what's happening. And so I do worry in middle school sometimes about being like too laid back and actually letting people off the hook too much because what happens is that I'm agreeing with that voice that says, um, you know, let's not take the risk. Um, And I have uh, two early assignments that seem really hard and then turn out to be easy. So they're sort of like, um, you know, it's sort of engineered. First, we sew a sketchbook the first week while we're talking about how we're gonna do our class. And it seems like the first time they do it it just does not seem like it's gonna work out at all, but it is very repetitive and they totally get it by the end. And and so I would say that um, structuring a, a very few experiences where you they get to go through that experience of something feels too hard, they do it anyway, but that you have planned it for success. Um, An early drawing assignment where we use that plexiglass technique from drawing from the right side of the brain. And it is like, shockingly, if you follow the steps, you can produce a a very shockingly good observation drawing. Um, They kind of groan about it, but they do get, um, they get that practice with sort of, pushing through the struggle and then I tend to see a lot less of that but I also think that that comes from a long-term relationship and so I think it's easy for me to give lots of middle school tips but it's real different when you have like a whole brand new uh, group of faces every six months which I know you know is what most middle school teachers are doing.
2: that's a great point um you know how do you how do you challenge kids uh that um uh and 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 also uh provide them with understanding that uh you know we have an expectation that you can uh journey to uh other pathways that you hadn't thought of yet and uh, your capabilities are gr- much greater than what you might think they are right now. Um, and so, yeah, how do you, how do you uh, change the narrative of um, somebody who has low expectations? We certainly don't want to just leave anybody, you know, alone um, and just, you know, not have opportunity, you know, let, let them sit in their own self-doubt and let them be in that state. Uh, And so, uh, yeah, I think having those, er like, you know, that that early assignment, Ruth, that you were talking about, I think that's a good thing to do. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, during
4: that time, we can talk through and really normalize the struggle, the process of it. What are you feeling? This is normal. Put words to it. And so that you can then refer back to it later. Hey, remember you were feeling that before? Is that something that's going on for you right now? And then use that sort of process um, as a template.
2: You know, I, I think that gets back to uh, pedagogical practice, the art of teaching and, you know, Lindsay's concern is, you know, that's, <laughs> that's my concern too. I, I'm, I'm happy to give you space I'm happy to give a child space, but I don't want you just to game me. You know I don't want you to I don't want you just to, uh, uh, to sit you know, sit like a stick in the mud. Um, and so that's when um, you know you can you can do those early uh, early activities to help bolster uh, self um, uh, self-confidence. And also, I think having com- complicated conversations uh, with children is important, also. And then, now when we're when we are in remote learning situations, you know that's really it's really difficult because we're not we can't you know we have to work asynchronously uh, for the most part unless you want to turn. The experience into uh, uh, you know a pressure-packed experience, which I which I mean, some people might be comfortable with that. That's not the way I would. Uh, I'm approaching my practice. Um, I'm giving all kinds of uh, asynchronous learning opportunity or studio o- opportunity. Clark, what do you think? What's what's your take?
1: Well, I was um, I was going to talk about. The, um, um, the poster, the, you know, how I look at and assess kids, you know, where they, they do they have an idea? You know, students can have an idea. Um, and, and regardless of where that idea falls on, a spectrum, still an idea that they're going to work on and plan what they're going to make, get the materials to make that. Um, explore different ideas with that. You know, these are the th- those are the things that I'm assessing. I'm assessing that part of thing, um, and and figuring out when it's finished. That's that th- seems to be a big one. Um, are they done because they're tired of working on it, or are they done too because they, they like it? And, and it, that's that's hard for elementary young kids to 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 figure that out. Um, there's, there's a few kids who actually understand what that is, but most of them, they just, they run out of gas. Uh, and then, you know, putting stuff away, taking care of materials, those, and then, uh, thinking about what's next. Those, those are the, the things that I, I, I pretty much assess on, I don't assess on, uh, projects, you know, everything is so individual. Uh, when they write about it and, and you're talking to, and you're having those conversations, that's when you know if they're getting it. And then you can approach, um, you can mitigate those things while you're having the conversations. Uh, because it's a, a one size doesn't fit fiddle uh, when, when you're talking about the uh, human, uh, the mind. Uh, because as kids are developing You know there there's so much there's there's so much going on and just to to simplify it down to you know you want to create something what's your idea how are you going to go about it what are you going to need to do it and and then play with that idea within the materials that we have available uh to me that's so much easier to assess than whether or not they're being able to pull a good print or, you know, because when they're happy with it, if if we assessed on technical things, people just wouldn't do it because they just, they, they seem to want to quit too easy. So we want to find that, that inner motivation that, that's pulled from their ideas and the things that they want to do. Um, and, and, and using that, as a springboard into other things you know if kids interested in trains or you know world war ii those are those are the things that are gonna he's gonna want to do things not necessarily your suggestion but he'll try or she'll try new things um, to try to express their ideas the way they want Uh, and then exposing them to many different um ideas that that fall in that and that's where we do that our art history where that art history part comes in to to try to expand their um uh, expand their base point of what when they're looking at it to to have them go aha i see and not the other way around when we see them go aha we i want to hear them do that aha and say, oh, you know, get excited about what's next. Uh, if we can, if I can get them there, then that's, that's the hard, the hard part's done. Is getting them excited for the next thing.
2: I'm, I'm curious, uh, Lindsay, what, uh, what is the grade level that you work with?
4: Uh, my students are, are pre-K to eighth grade.
2: Pre-K to eighth, eighth grade, Rose? Yeah.
4: That's
0: right. And, Lin-
2: and I, Lindsay, your your kids three are
0: three through five.
2: Three, th- three through five. That's three through five. And Ruth, what did you say yours? yours were again. They so were... my
4: pre-K. So three-year-olds are my youngest, and then my oldest students are fifteen.
2: Wow. Well, that's um, a huge difference. Yeah. So wow.
4: I got I got twelve years to to really uh, do my thing.
1: Well, that's awesome that it you is, huh? have that, that amount of, um, I guess, control over the situation. You know,
2: um, back you know back to Lindsay's original point and original question. You know, what do you what do you do with reluctant children who don't want to make art? And um, you know, that's a really good question. Um, and it's one that you know because because you, here you are you're you're providing a child with an opportunity to use their imagination to help design cr- curriculum for themselves. Uh, you're you're allowing um, provision for agency to take place, and ta- that's why Tab is so unique. And when Clark and I first entered, were introduced to Tab, it's like I fell immediately in love. Although Kathy Douglas will tell you some another story, but um, anyway, uh, uh, thinking about the agency, opportunities for agency and self-directedness, it's unlike anything else in the school setting. And so helping children understand that uh, uh, you have permission to design uh, your own curriculum I think that's that's a battle for it's a mind shift for a lot of children because they are psychologically and socially conditioned to be uh, to be um, uh, to uh, I, I want to say they're they're responding only to authoritative commands they're they're conditioned to author to uh, acting on authoritative commands, the teacher is authoritarian, the principal is authoritarian, uh, and so the the child is, uh, from my from what I observe in school, is you know getting them getting that mind shift, um, and and when you know that's that's a big battle for a lot of kids, and and then back to the question of well they're fearful. To take the first step, it's like swimming. Uh, you know, we, uh, you know, you you learn how to, you learn how to uh, move your arms and your body in the water. But when you actually do jump off in, into the deep water, and you know, it's it's that's kind of like what creativity is. When you're approaching a creative act, you're actually swimming with ideas, materials, techniques. As a as a as a real live artist, that's what you're doing. You're jumping in the deep water, and so uh, that's the whole beauty of teaching for artistic behavior is getting used to the notion of dealing with uh, one's agency and that uh, the the space that you're in uh, with respect to to creativity. That's that's a big deal, I think, and so. Um, so well, it's a big mind shift for kids who are used to, you know, project-based learning where the project parameters are presented to them. And okay, here's the structure, here's the materials. And that's back to what, you know, Nan Hathaway was, uh, and Diane with, uh, were had written about with respect to, uh, uh, you know, the, the teachers, the engineer of the project. And here, what we're asking the children to do is, you know, we're going to give you Creative freedom, and see how you do. And so, as a teacher navigating the classroom, who, who is in creative flow and who's stuck in the mud? You know, that's you know that's that's a that's a pedagogical uh, awareness. Uh, that, that I think we develop over time as T. So, um, um, Lindsay, that's a wonderful question. You know, one that we uh, one that we struggle with. You know, uh, that's the price. That's the that's the, I think you know that's it's prop. It's from a curriculum th- from a th- theoretical standpoint. You know, I see what has happened to a lot of kids and I hear my kids talking uh, in the classroom. You know, why do kids say, oh, I hate school? Uh, but I love art class. What's, what's with that? Um, could, I,
0: could I respond a little bit?
2: Go, go ahead, Lindsay.
0: Um, so I, I wanted to say, oh, well, first on what you just said, uh, I think part of it is because kids just feel like they aren't being measured all the time in art class, they don't feel pressured to to perform under certain, um, you know, structures, <laughs> like they would with pretty much any other class. And I actually really liked what what Clark was saying earlier about how he grades based on conversations and things that he observes within the class and less so on, like the end results and the craftsmanship. Because if we look at the standards, like, Craftsmanship is such a tiny part of what is expected. It's it's like one, I don't know, twentieth, thirtieth of the standards for for any grade level, and and basing a huge amount of their grade on craftsmanship just seems unfair.
2: I Lindsay, I I I, I hear you and um, I think that's and and what Ruth was saying. Uh, Ruth had just written something also about um, you know there's there's a there's an in between point uh, and getting children to you know into that the mindset that um, you know there there's. Uh, you know, for, for reluctant children, you know, getting, getting their degree of confidence up that they and desire and motivation. You know, what, what, is, what is it that we, how can we motivate the children? Well, motivation, I think, is driven from the self uh, for the most part, unless I become a radical behaviorist, which I don't want to use rewards and punishments in the studio. Um, I just want to provide opportunities and understanding Um, and so, uh, but grades, yeah, grades can become uh, currency and you can motivate, (laughs) I don't want to motivate children through grades, but um, that's what what the system has has provided and is the system is geared towards motivating through ga- grades. Kathy, go ahead.
3: Um, I'll be brief. Um, again, going back to the fact that I had six, seven, eight, and nine-year-olds, and um, you know, by the time they're in third grade, they they knew nothing except for Tab because Tab had been in the school forever. And um, but sometimes somebody would say, "I don't know what to do." or sitting in front of that blank piece of paper, which always freaks me out too. And I said, oh my gosh, you are really an artist because you are experiencing what artists do all the time. They look at that blank piece of paper and they feel like their brains just shut down. So you are really experiencing that moment that artists have, which of course they would not be experiencing if they were following um, direct instruction. Um, and it, but so I would try to throw in those things at the moment to say, "This is this is amazing. You're you're really experiencing it." The other one that would come up around the art show was, I would say, you know, do any of you take your work home and your grown-ups say, "What is that?" and they all laugh and they say, yeah and I said well all of those artists that your grown-ups know about that were famous um people who were so new that everybody would say what is that so if you're experiencing that you just know that you're experiencing being an artist because the thing that you made never existed before so I just would try to I had that little spiel of trying to connect their frustrations and you know, and who had a struggle today. The person who would talk about her struggle would be the line leader, which was like I don't know, that was like winning the lottery for little kids. So I don't don't ask me why. But you know, if you talked or if you helped somebody through a struggle, oh, ah, you guys are the line leaders, you know.
1: So talk about capital
3: yeah (laughs) seriously (laughs) but anyway so i was lucky because they were little and they tended to eat that sort of thing up that was my 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 spiel i'll be quiet now (laughs) (laughs)
2: lindsay that yeah what is that that's yeah that's like uh um who who's uh Ken Robinson's story about the child who said this this is he does the drawing and he says this is god and 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 he's and uh Ken Robinson Robinson says well nobody's seen god and nobody knows what he looks like yeah nobody knows and the child <laughs> says you will now <laughs> well now I'm we know." Now but um yeah what is yeah back to having conversation that's that's dialogue I think is critical with uh, children who are reluctant and and of course then there's the whole other situation of school and um, so um, uh, what what does you know if if that's why tab, TAB is a paradox in the school setting. And um, I know Kathy and Diane have given us this wonderful pedagogy for, art, for creativity, but um, it's, <clears throat> it's also uh, a democratically based learning experience where uh, the rest of the school may not be so democratically based. And um, and so that's why we see, you know, all kinds of uh, interesting behaviors and uh, co- and hear all kinds of interesting conversations from children, and um, from my experience, children are thanking me uh, all the time about you know, gosh, I you know, this is the only class, uh, and of course, I you know, I I don't want to. Sp- yeah, it's not always uh, roses and lollipops, but um, uh, but you know I hate, children are thank me for you know just to you know they look forward to art class and art class has always been special, but I think in a tab class it's even more special uh, in that uh, there is space that is provided psychological space. Because uh, thinking about the um, uh, condition of the human mind, we don't really talk about that uh, in education the way that it should be discussed. In fact, I think of our practice as clinical. I mean, really, when you think about it, we're, uh, we are looking, perspectives of the human mind perspectives of creativity perspectives of childhood perspectives of uh cognitive mm-hmm. science are <clears throat> uh, uh, those perspectives i think we really see uh views of the child and of of their uh of their psychological states uh, more than what most any other uh subject area is when, with Mm -hmm. respect to uh, uh, children's observations of children. Uh, Here I'm going on and on. Ruth and Clark, you have your hands up. Um, No. Clark, do you want to go first? I was just
1: going to say that uh, uh, it's it's one of two places in the school where um, kids can be in charge. This being uh, recess being the other one. Hopefully, hopefully recess isn't um, uh, organized, um, where kids are allowed to do free play. Um, but uh, and you're right because there are kids who struggle having um, a law that control, losing all that control you know sitting in a chair for 30 minutes um and if they want to stand up they get in trouble or you know they got to move kids got to move kindergartners need to move first graders need to move preschoolers need to move um they shouldn't be sitting in chairs for 45 minutes reading or doing worksheets
2: and they shouldn't be staring into computer screens for no
1: no I'm, I'm just, you know, so the um, transformational power of an art room is is just amazing. Once the kids get in here, they can exhale and you know, it might take them 10 minutes to get going. It might take them maybe it's just I've had times, kids come in here I have a sky painted on my ceiling. Uh, I've had kids come in here and just lay down and stare at the ceiling. <laughs> it's like, what's up? Oh, I'm just chilling. That's fine. You know?
2: Just yeah, staring at the sky. They, they get their childhood back in your classroom.
1: Yeah. I'm like, tell me, what what do you see in the clouds? And they'll tell me, even though the clouds are static. So.
2: The tab classroom is a sacred place in my book. Ruth, got, Ruth, you had a a question. Well, there I can. just
4: I just wanted to add that the the whole pandemic teaching really um, pulls towards proof of work. Um, you know, if if students are, if I can see a student in class and they are trying something new every time and struggling, but doing and doing and doing, I feel so comfortable just letting them go and do that with zero proof of work. It doesn't bother me. No little itchy feeling comes up for me. I don't feel worried at all because I see that they are in a meaningful process. Whereas, or the opposite, if I could see a group of kids who I could just, I just know they're just messing around over there in the corner, right? But I can kind of wait and watch To intervene at just the right time I don't actually have to stop it I can just kind of like if I can time it right and if i'm lucky I can kind of drive it in a new direction. I can't do any of that online right I can't tell the difference between any of those behaviors online and and i've just decided to like give the benefit of the doubt to the kids because anything else is going to make me crazy so um you know, what I would normally say, like, we have to be producing something, we have to be have some understanding, because I do want them to get to this place where they know they can be playful with their work and and feel those two things come together. But right now, if they're home, if they're in front of a computer, if they're, if they're trying like a plus, honestly, I, I'm, I'm my loosey goosey has gone even more. We're just trying to survive here. and And, and, um, It's really hard to gauge any of that online, really, really hard. And so um, it just for my own sanity, I just went like when in doubt, give the benefit of the doubt to the kids and then just just move on. And I don't know if that's something that everyone's administration will go for equally, but it's really helped me during this. uh, You know, my team, we're all virtual, our whole PE, art, science, music, we're all all, um, virtual, even though some of the kids are back in school. And it's really helped me just maintain my sanity.
2: Thanks, Ruth. Gigi, Gigi, go ahead. So
5: Ruth, I totally agree with you. You know, in that, yes, you have to be a little bit more loosey goosey. In our district, we are face to face. I am on a cart, you know, we're face to face and I'm not in the art studio because they're trying to minimize exposures but at the same time, how many times am I getting exposed? But anyway, I am pushing carts all over the place and I have a shopping cart. And the shopping is, um, there we have established that and the shopping is, there's no cost for the shopping and there's absolutely no returns. And, and they love it. They, the kids look forward to that cart coming and then to hear the conversations of that, you know, tissue paper, because they're like, oh, my mom's going to love this. She's going to use this to wrap presents. I don't care if they make anything with it. Take it home, use it. And I have to tell you, I, had a, I have a great little story. I have a little kindergartner, probably our lowest student in our school. Um, he comes with not a lot of experiences and he shopped and he didn't just grab a bunch of stuff. He was quite careful about what he was picking and what he was shopping for. And he walked out with the biggest boatload of stuff at the end of the day. I mean, there was old goggles and, you know, from old science kits, all kinds of stuff. And the teacher's like, yeah, we saw him going out with all that. I had his older brother in fifth grade the next morning and they come late because of their busing situation, but he could hardly wait to get up to me. I said, just let me finish as I'm addressing the whole class. And he could hardly wait to tell me about all of the supplies his brother had bought home, brought home, and how much fun they were having with all of that. And I will tell you that because you know you you're that person in the school that has all the kids. That is happening with families, and it's it's a wonderful scenario. It really is. So, um, you know, the whole idea of are they making something with it right now? Maybe not, but will they maybe make something with it at another time? Possibly. And just you know, I told my principal my whole philosophy is just to get materials into the hands of the kids so and the other part while I have the floor is so that is a quite a unique experience to be in the classroom with teachers sitting in the corners you know when I started with watercolors like the second day there was teachers twitching and the principal came through and he's like watercolors and you know the kindergarten teachers like yeah 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 yeah." yeah we're doing it you know we've been painting rocks I actually was teaching outside until i think i finally gave it up like november 19th because the kids are fine because like you said clark they want to be out of their seats they want to be moving i mean just to sit parallel next to a friend is is huge for them um but i saw ruth i saw you covering your face because yes that's exactly it i had a brand new teacher i mean You know, and this isn't a gripe session here, but that's a brand new teacher. She was a parent in our building. She became certified over the summer. They hired her at our school. The little boy that's sitting right in front of her, the first day in class, and I'm like, okay, we're going to be doing, you know, let's get out our supplies. And you can imagine he had his whole fist filled with all of his crayons, and he was going to color. And she's like, no, you can't do that. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, stay out of my business. I was just like, but she's one that, oh, I'm just, you know, whatever you want to do. But then, you know, you get the snide little comments in the corners. And it's like, this is a whole different experience to be in the classroom. Even though I feel that my teachers support me, they also don't understand. They understand the kids are happy and they understand, like you said, Clark, they, this is the place where they're in control of their learning. But boy, is that, is, you know, I'm like, you know what? I don't care if you guys agree with what I'm doing, but it's what's in the best interest of our kids. And I see Clark has his hand raised, so I will be done. <laughs> because You
1: reminded me of a, of a story because when we, most of the teachers around here had tables or uh, yeah, tables. So when we went, um, cause we're face-to-face, uh-huh. corporation bought desks for everyone, brand new desks. In my first week, it's like, oh, okay, Sharpies. And <laughs> of course, first graders and kindergartners love Sharpies because they're so black, but they so, they go through and they get all over the brand new tables. The teachers were freaking out. I'm like, what's the problem? You, got, <laughs> you ruined our brand new... T-. I'm like, no, just... And then I got, showed them a little thing with hand sanitizer. I said, everybody's right. got hand sanitizer. Here, squirt, squirt. And they're like, oh my gosh. So, but you know, first graders and kindergarten is like, we get to use Sharpies. Yeah. I'm not allowed to use Sharpies. I'm like, why not? Because I know you're going to draw all over the furniture, but that's fine because.
5: Well, I'm, I'm learning from this, Clark, that some of our kindergarten teachers don't even let the kids have markers. No, no. Like, I put markers you guys, on the list. And you know, <laughs> no, no markers, no watercolors. Goes, yeah. I'm like, yep, we're watercoloring, so that's one of the carts I push. And, you know, it is um, it is what it is. And like I said, you know, my principal supports all of it. The kids are, you know, are happy as can be. But those classroom teachers, they are control freaks. I'm sorry. <laughs> so,
2: they are, and they're, they're programmed to be that way. But, you know, they're, that's the thing with behaviorism is they, you know, they are uh, creating uh, external Uh, structures, and the children have to go through those, there's invisible structures, but they're, and, you know, the children have to go through those structures in a constructivist classroom. The children develop their own structures uh, of learning. And so uh, there's, that's the difference. And they're not used to that. They're not used to having a constructivist art teacher in, in their midst, because they're behaviorists. And I just, I hate to say that, but that's 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 what's happening. Ruth, you, you had your hand up. I'm sorry, Ruth. I, know, well, I think he was okay. old.
4: I think it's an old hand.
1: Ruth oh, hurts,
2: okay. man. Yeah. Ruth hurts. You know, I, I talk about radical behaviorism uh, with Clark a lot, and he's sick of hearing me talk about it. But um, it's true. Our, our schools are centers of behaviorist pedagogy, and um they you know they create external uh, structures and the children you know curriculum structures that are invisible to the naked eye but when you feel them and experience them they are there and uh you know you know the children are on you know commanded to do this and that and tasked all the time in a behaviorist curriculum structure in a tab classroom which is purely constructivist a constructivist learning paradigm that's not the case and so the children are posing problems during a lot of experimental experiential uh activity and so uh our colleagues yeah a lot of them may not understand and be resistant to us invading their spaces and uh doing constructivist learning activities in there and they, they they may think that oh well they just let them do anything no we're providing uh, an exper- experimental experiential experience and uh, that has everything to do with creativity um, Gigi did you want did you have something else to add I was your hand up?
5: Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know my hand was up.
2: Oh, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> but
5: I guess I will add one other thing. When we talk about that whole idea, you know, this and this is maybe part of the old conversation. Uh, when you're saying about, you know, the kids doing nothing, one of the common um, practices that I have is that I will kind of give them like a week's notice. I'll say, you know what, next week we're going to start a new theme, a new project. I don't expect you to do anything about it today I give them some of the information you know whether it's just saying we're moving on to a winter project or whatever it is and that artists need time to think about it and so that they know that the next time they come this will be the time we start but it just starts getting it in their brain and it has them starting to think about it and um, shifting that you know what we were doing you know goes forward in another direction so if that helps so that's where I'm at
2: that's wonderful for the kids that uh, Gigi your kids are lucky all of you your your kids are lucky they get to be in your tab classrooms
5: and well, I'm sure they might. Do you you guys know I'm retiring?
2: What? You didn't tell us that Gigi when?
5: Um, I have 9 days of teaching left. <laughs>
1: Congratulations.
5: Congratulations yeah. Gigi. I actually am dismantling the art studio.
1: Oh my gosh, that's wow. a task.
5: Yeah, that's a task. I was in there today. Well and I am um it's bittersweet, but I'm oh. gonna be a grandmother. Double
1: congratulations. Yes, yes.
5: That's happening early February. So oh in goodness. this in this scenario, that's the only I'll get to hold my grandbaby, my little granddaughter. Yep. Absolutely but i am creating um i have my you know my i have a very supportive husband and i have my craft cave here so i i won't be done with teaching i'll just be doing it under my terms and my way so Are i've you been already hang out with us oh yes i will be at every tab stack <laughs> i have to take my leave, but i'm glad i stayed long enough to say oh, good luck you know and-, and if you follow bridget um Up in Sun Prairie, yeah, their district is going through some very hard times, and you know us that go to camps have our own little group, Um, and they're making some very very hard decisions, and Uh, you know it's it is hard, and we're losing teachers, but I just can't keep being exposed and be a grandmother. So yeah, it's it's bittersweet in that respect, Um, and they've hired a new art teacher. I'm taller than she is, <laughs> which, you know, I'm a shorty, so, but she's, uh, she comes with a lot of energy, but I, uh, right away, one of the kids, the first grader said, um, I heard she's not doing centers. Well, she doesn't even know what she's going to do, because she's brand new, and she's just graduating from college. So, I will be there to help her and support her as much as she needs to be in order to be successful with our students. So, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going far away. So, yep. So yes, I have, I'm January 14th is my last day.
2: <laughs> Congratulations, Gigi. Oh, thanks. So That's yeah. Wonderful. Well, so, um, not
5: to derail the conversation at all.
2: Well, we but, have to get together again at Tapstock mm-hmm. uh, at some point when we start doing Tapstock again. But and this what, whole whatever,
5: pandemic sure has changed you know, and so many situations, you know, again, I feel our district has been very supportive to all of our crazy ideas, you know, um, what we've done. And like I said, teaching outside, you know, who would have ever thought you would be doing, doing, you know, these kind of things. Uh, And you really do see that the tab pedagogy is really important in these times right now. More important than ever, I feel. Yeah,
2: absolutely, Gigi, absolutely. Well, on that note.
5: (laughs) Let's move on to something new.
2: (laughs) Well, Gigi, we are so happy that, you know, you are going to be a grandmother. And um, uh, we wish you all the best in your retirement. Thank you. And uh, you have livened up our conversations uh, in Southwest Michigan whenever we get together. And you've livened up this conversation. And um, I will and, keep
5: working with the kids right till the end. And you know, it's it's just how it is. The PE teacher is going out with me, so it's a double whammy at our school.
2: You will be missed. So, well, so, I yes. want Gigi. Thank you for sharing. And I want to thank everybody for sharing with us tonight. Uh, I think it, this was an important conversation. Um, you know, this is next level, um, next level art education. And uh, TAB is the next thing from, from my perspective, the next big thing. Um, I, wanna, I wanna be respectful of everyone's time. I know that's, our time has ended uh, and i know we're coming into a new holiday i can't thank you all for joining us
1: miriam has a question real
2: quick oh go well, miriam go ahead
6: oh, i just i j- just wanted to share um in our school district we have four art teachers i'm the pre-k to grade 3 teacher we have a middle school grade 4 to 8 and two high school teachers our middle school teacher of many years moved to a Ah, uh, curriculum coordinator position in other district. So we were getting a new pre, uh, new middle school teacher, and by m- some mistakes in the hiring, I was never invited to the interview process, even though the ad said must have experience as a choice-based or tab teacher. Because my our our curriculum coordinator is very on board with de- developing everything related to visual arts to be tab. So in any case, I ended up finding out about the interviews at the end of the day of the interviews. And I was, it was a summer, I was, I was livid with the middle school principal and I let him know. Um, in the end, a few weeks later, when I met with the new teacher, uh, first thing I did is I had already ordered uh, the studio thinking book And and the two tab books, um, the new edition plus the one with your article about boys and the violent and the art of boys. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, walked in. I said, "Tell me what you know about tab." And she just graduated from college, knew nothing. And I said, "Well, I said this is what we do here." And I and on all the walls in both our art rooms, we have the three sentences painted on the walls. And it's so almost like some would might think it's a religious crazy thing, but every to every class that come in and we say I go, I say with my students, "Okay, what do what do artists do?" And everybody goes, "What do artists do?" The child is the artist. Who are the artists? We're the artists, you know, this whole thing. So anyway, I said, "The first thing you have to do, we're, we're going to meet in a week, you have to read one of these books." So she's like, "Okay, I will." She left, went home, read it, texted me the next day, was like, why didn't I learn this in college? Why, how am I going to do this? And you know, and so, and it's been this great um, journey of just for the two of us but for her but also for me to become stronger with it. So um and 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 I and our principal I mean our curriculum coordinator already said when the mass art thing happens again in the summer we will send both of you again down, you know. And so she I said to her I said we're going to Boston maybe next summer, maybe 2022, I don't know. Um and she's like, "Really?" So it it and it's totally transformed her as a 22-year-old, um, fresh out of college, and just been great. So I just wanted to state that because it's 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 not just transformative for the students, but it's the learning that comes to the adults. I mean, it's phenomenal.
2: Miriam, thank you so much for yeah. sharing. That's a, that is a, a Compelling, compelling story. So compelling. Wow. Look for our article.
6: <laughs> True. I, I yeah. do,
2: and thinking of professional development, um, Jesse Ruby is <clears throat> coordinating and sponsoring, along with uh, University of Northern Colorado, uh, Colorado Tab Conference on Martin Luther King uh, Holiday. That's free and so if anyone's interested in that that's coming up uh so you can register for that also if anyone's interested um, if you want to have more conversations this is you know just just having conversations with tab teachers is always it it makes my day all right wish you all a, a happy new year happy new year yes thank you 2021 happy is going new to be year. a lot better in 2020 i guarantee <laughs> All right. We'll see everybody later. See you. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.
4: Bye now. Take care.
2: Bye-bye, everyone.